The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch with your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of Dr. Lieberman, her guests, and callers. Now it's time to have a seat on Dr. Carol's Couch. Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome to today's edition of Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Did you ever wonder what kids whisper to Santa in their ear, the secrets that even their parents don't know? Well, today we're going to have Santa's secrets revealed. Santa has come down from the North Pole to do Voice America, <laughs> and he's very tired. It's been a very, uh, a very long Christmas, a very long flight, but uh, he's here with us today. We're going to have a lot of fun because, you know, well, Art Linkletter said, what was it, uh, kids say the darndest things, and... I think that um, aside from, you know, kids, there, there's a lot deeper um, in these. When kids talk to Santa, it goes a lot deeper, at least for, for a lot of them, than can I have the latest uh, toy train or, or doll. And uh, so I think we can tell a lot about the state of our nation, <laughs> the state of the world, um, by what it is that kids say to Santa. And so I thought it would be great to have Santa on. Actually, it's um, uh, this Santa that we're going to be talking to today is also known as Kevin Hayslip. He is the author of Conversations with Santa. He's been playing Santa for thousands of children, and he's going to be sharing his heartbreaking and heartwarming stories with us today. So welcome, Kevin. I'm going to call you Santa for the show. <laughs> welcome. That's fine, and a ho-ho-ho to you. <laughs> and a ho-ho-ho to you, too. I think, I think with all the holiday stress, people can kind of use um, uh, Santa, t- hearing Santa today and telling us about uh, all the things that, you know, I mean, people really don't get to hear what you get to hear because, yes, we may stand online and we may hear a few things that kids Say, but really, um, you've been doing it now for thousands and thousands of kids, and um, you really get the scoop. I, I, I certainly have a, a, a pretty good cross section of uh, things that children say to, the, to, to Santa. I, I know that uh, uh, there's a number of us who get together quite often and share different stories about things that kids have said to them and. And it's it's always delightful. There's there's so many things that just catch us by surprise and uh, both amuse us and sometimes just send us to tears. It, it can be um, a very emotional roller coaster for us on any given day. Yes. Well, before we get into what the kids say, um, tell us about how you decided to become Santa, and how many years ago was that? Well, I've only been doing it a couple of years. The uh, uh, my wife and I have 
uh, been ministering to children for most of our adult lives, for most of our married lives, and uh, we had gone on a mission where we worked with uh, girls in an orphanage uh, several years ago, and when we came back, I decided uh, I wanted to get back into my normal career, which had always been uh, commercial photography, but I didn't have any clients, so I needed something to kind of get me by while I was trying to ramp up for that. A good friend of mine who actually owns a reindeer ranch uh. invited me out to his house one day, and we were standing there watching the reindeer run and play on his property, and he just said, Kevin, you need to be a reindeer, or you need to be a Santa, excuse me. And that's kind of how the whole idea germinated. It, it uh, I, I took it home and talked to my wife and daughters about it, and the next thing I knew, everybody was enthusiastic, and so I started... Uh, growing out what was already a beard, but growing it out longer, and uh, very quickly got a, a, a mall position as a Santa. You know, that's very interesting. So it was sort of a combination of you looking a little like Santa and also having the spirit of Santa, wanting to give. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I didn't it's, know that there was not an easy a job. I, I wouldn't say that. It, it, what? It's not an easy job because you've got to have a tremendous amount of patience and you've got to have a tremendous, uh, you've got to know kids and be willing to accept, to accept what they come with. Um, you know, some of them are just very restless and they get up in your lap and they continue to squirm around and pull on your beard and all that. And then other kids are very, very docile and they just get there and they sit there and they look at you and they smile and they really don't talk. They're just kind of awed at the fact that they're sitting with Santa. Mm. So okay, so um, so where where are all the different places that you've been sent to? at the mall, mm-hmm. and where else? Well, I actually also had an opportunity to play Santa for a media summit this last October back in New York City, which was just a, a tremendous amount of fun meeting uh, producers and yourself actually at that. Uh, and and a lot of other authors from all around the country. That that was a, a week long event, or just about a week long event. And um, playing playing Santa in New York is 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 uh, a lot of fun. And you, you, you also dinner. do it at parties, right? Haven't you? I have never done it at a party. Well, I have done it. I have done it for like community groups and uh, like Rotary clubs and that yes. type of thing. I have done it, uh, done it with them before. Yes. Okay, so start <laughs> now. Let's let's hear about what some of the some of the things are that um, that kids have said to you that that have been really memorable for you. And I know that in your book, conversation with conversations with Santa, you started um, jotting some of these things down. But of course, you keep adding to it each year. So, what are some of the things that are most memorable? Well, there's a couple that really stand out to me. One is one of the first stories I tell in the book of a, a young girl who came in with her brother who had cerebral palsy. And uh, she came up and sat on my lap, and, and her brother was wheeled in in a wheelchair. And the two of us got to talking, and, and I, I asked her what she wanted for Christmas. And she she wanted just a, a modest little gift. I think it was a doll. I'd have to I'd have to read the story over again, but it... Then she turned to me and she said, you know what I really want for Christmas? She said, I want my brother to have a really good Christmas. Yeah. Her, she said that her brother, because he's in a wheelchair, he doesn't get to get out and play with the other kids like she does. And 
even when he gets out, when they when the kids see him, they come over and they make fun of him and call mm. him names. And so mm. she just really wanted him to have a, a good Christmas this year. That, so what did you do? What did you say? Well, <laughs> you... you uh, myself having a, a daughter that would, who is confined to a wheelchair, I, I understood perfectly what she was saying, and it is something that is a, a heartbreaking kind of a thing when you hear uh, and you see uh, siblings, or in my case, a daughter who has had to endure a lot of that. And all I could do was just encourage her to um, support her brother in any way and every way that she possibly could, trying to get him to uh, uh, join in, uh, try and trying to include him in as many activities as she could, but that her her, her request was incredibly touching. And uh, so that's that's the way I approached it with her. Were you? Uh, did you compare him to uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer? No, I didn't. They had, uh, what was it? Um, all the other reindeers made fun of him, <laughs> but then he showed that he was the best. Um, well, did, were you able to talk to the, her brother as well, or... Yes, uh, her brother was, uh, we, we did uh, uh, lift him out of his chair, and he sat on my lap. He wasn't able to communicate or talk very well, and so basically all I could do was hug him and talk to him and encourage him and wish him a very Merry Christmas, and and uh, that was pretty much the extent of it. You know, I would imagine, I never really thought about this before, but I would imagine one of the hardest things, if not the hardest thing, about being Santa is... When you get requests like that, and I'm sure you have a lot more to, uh, that, that where you, you know, where it's a selfless request, where it's not, um, just a toy, or it's, it's something that, like in this case, you know, that where you, where you, there's nothing really, I mean, other than what you did, and, which I'm sure meant a lot to both of them, but I mean, don't you get frustrated feeling that, um, you wish you could actually fly through the sky and bring the kids what they what they want or what they need. Like even if someone says, you know, I, I, we don't have much food, and I'd love to have, um, I don't know, Christmas cookies or wh- whatever it is. But something where there's real need, or or someone wants to give someone else in their family a, a present instead of um, asking Santa to give something to them. I mean, isn't it frustrating to know that beyond? what you can give them or hug them or, you know, tell them when they're there in your lap, which, of course, is a big deal, um, that you can't do more, that you can't actually give them the wish that they want from Santa. Well, I I can give you an example of something that just happened this last, uh, well, it was last week. Um, There was a mother who came in with a a little uh, infant child, and she actually came in as I was getting, as I was preparing to leave the set for a, a dinner break. The um, mother was asking my set manager if she could go ahead and get me to, uh, uh, if she could go ahead and photo- have the baby photographed with me before I left. And of course, my set manager was pretty adamant that I go ahead and leave, that the woman could bring her baby in a, an hour later after my break was over. And the woman explained that her baby was going to be going in for major heart surgery mm. right after Christmas, and uh, she needed to get her baby home and get her back to bed. Mm. She she just she had brought the baby in for just the express purpose of getting him photographed. Mm. Apparently, he had a hole in his heart, and so uh, he was not getting the proper blood flow. It was a fairly uh, 
major operation that it was that he was facing. And so my set manager came over and talked to me about it, and I said, certainly, let, let's bring her in, let's let's do the photograph, and and we did. And as I was talking with the mother, she was explaining more about the situation with with her baby. And one of the things that I've done in many many cases is I've actually uh, taken, I've actually asked for permission to pray for the child, and I. I have never, uh, not a single time have I ever been turned down. Almost every time the, hmm. the parents have been very enthusiastic about it. So I, I took the time in this case to, to pray for the infant, and the uh, the whole department literally stopped. Hmm. It, 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 everybody just stopped and, 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 and took notice of it. And even my uh, photographer ended up taking a series of pictures, and that was the picture that the mother actually wanted to take with her. Hmm. So wow. I've also found that prayer often makes a big difference when you're talking with some of these really heartbreaking kind of things. It, it helps to uh, helps to, to focus our attention back on on God and on things that are are important in our lives. Hmm. Did you? Um, I mean, did you did you did you get down on your knees or did you do that? Holding no, I just I just held the baby in in my arms mm. and I, I put my hand on on the baby's head and with the mother, and we just bowed our heads and prayed. Wow! Oh wow! That sounds incredibly moving. Um, you know what about that brings another thought to mind? What about like let's say when the the kids who do just ask for a toy? Oh my! <laughs> Or ask for a break. <laughs> uh, well, we'll have to come back with that question and with Santa. Santa will hang around to, uh, to answer more of these questions, tell us more of the secrets, what the kids say to him, and ask him, boy, really touching stuff. Uh, because, you know, Santa seems, it seems like you can tell, tell Santa what's really in your heart. Well, my guest is Kevin Hayslip, also known as Santa. His book is Conversations with Santa, where you can get more of these stories uh, you're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch and we'll be right back Ask the experts call toll free right now 1-866-472-5787 Hello? and ask our all star team to answer your question that's 1-866-472-5787 thank you for calling voiceamerica.com Ready to go green? You've asked, and we've heard you. Voice America presents the Green Talk Network. Environmental topics are at the forefront of our society, and the Green Talk Network is here to keep you up to date on the latest trends and new innovations for the eco-conscious lifestyle. We'll help promote a variety of ideas on the environment, from global warming issues to how you can become more eco-friendly in your daily activities. Be a part of the solution, not the problem. Visit the Green Talk Network page on voiceamerica.com and tune in to help spread the green. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the Terrorism Hotline. 
And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Radio by George is a lifestyle program dedicated to improving the lives of listeners by focusing on the holistic growth of their mind, body, and spirit. Host Eddie George shares his life experiences as well as the experiences of his guest commentators and experts with the listening audience to focus them toward reaching their personal and professional goals. Tune in every Monday afternoon at 1 p.m. PST, 4 p.m. EST to Radio by George on the Voice America channel and learn more from the life experiences of a man who went from being a somewhat unruly kid in the streets of Philadelphia to a retired professional athlete who has become a role model for not only young people, but for businessmen and women globally. Plan to spend your Monday afternoons with Eddie George and his empowering talk radio show, Radio by George. That's every Monday at 1 p.m. PST, right here on the Voice America channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. We're talking today about Santa's secrets revealed. We have Santa on the line, also known as Kevin Hayslip. He is the author of Conversations with Santa. He was, uh, he was, um, what, um, he found his calling, actually, uh, a few years ago to become Santa and, um, has been, has been, uh, having thousands of children on his knee, and also as he as he's, he he wrote it today, I have had my beard pulled, been coughed on, sneezed on, kicked and spit up on by babies and toddlers. It's a good <laughs> it's a good thing it wasn't by drunken parents. <laughs> <laughs> now before the break, I had a question that I was trying to ask, um, because I, I was thinking about you know what it must be like from your perspective, and um, obviously. Well, I guess I shouldn't say obviously, but you do it, I presume, by uh, because of all the joy that you're able to give to the children. Is that right? Why yes. do you do it? Why don't we start with that? Well, it, it what initially kind of turned as a uh, became a, a, a possibility of, of earning a little bit of money for my family actually has become. Uh, I, I I don't know how else to say it. It becomes almost an obsession. Mm-hmm. Um, after after meeting so many kids and, and talking through so many different things, you're you're always facing surprises and, and delights. But there's also just a simple matter, as you mentioned, that there's just a lot of opportunity to to bring joy to to children and families. And uh, it, it it often comes at a time when there's so much stress on the family, just because everybody's busy trying to get to the store and get the presents and get them wrapped and get the, the food baked and all of that. So there's just a lot of stresses that kind of come from this, this time of year. 
uh, it's kind of good to ju- just be able to to get back to some of the basic things, and that's something that I really try to do as a Santa is to try and get get families and, and particularly kids to to stop and consider some of the, the the bigger issues around Christmas. How do you do that? Well, one of the things, obviously, when you're I've seen in excess of fifteen thousand kids over the last couple of years, and um, you know there, you don't have a lot of time to really sit down and talk with each one of them at any length. But every so often, probably three or four times a day, a family comes in or uh, it's quiet enough in the set where you can actually spend time with, with the children and talk to them. And one of the things that I like to try and do specifically is is teach them who the real Nicholas is or was, uh, that he was a, a man who was a... Uh, he, he had been orphaned as a teenager and... He, he had given away most of his inheritance by the time he turned 20 to families in the poor, poor families in his community. Hmm. He became a priest, and as in that role, he continued to uh, look after the needs of the poor and uh, the outcast. Uh, he welcomed strangers. He um, loved children and sailors, and, and spent a great deal of time ministering to them. So I, I try and talk to the children often and make that comparison whenever I have the ability to hmm. and talk about the importance of becoming a secret gift giver themselves, that it's not about just always getting something for ourselves, but it's also about giving giving back. Hmm. So when the kids ask you for things, do you, do you suggest to them if, if they haven't, Asked for something for a sibling or their parent? Do you suggest? Do you ask them like, what could you? What are you planning on giving your family or something? I, I have done that. It's not a normal course. Again, you, when when you're just as an example, in, in the mornings uh, on weekday mornings, often schools will bring their classes in, and so you'll have uh, three or four or five classes backed up. You know, two or three or well, two or three hundred children waiting in line to see you. Mm. So you don't have a tremendous amount of time to really talk with each kid individually other than to hear their request and give them a little hug and, and uh, you know, just encourage them. Um, but when you have time, and, and as, 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 as it does happen frequently with kids during the course of a day, uh, I, I do try to, to encourage them to be thinking about that um, at least I do. I, I, mm-hmm. I can't speak for other Santas. That's mm-hmm. just something I do. Okay. Well, that's great. Um, what, I, what I wanted to ask you was when they do simply ask for toys, um, when there isn't, you know, sort of a, a, a touching story, let's just say it's a simple, you know, a simple situation, um, do you... Does it bother you, or what, what? What do you say? Like, let's say they. Uh, okay, I'm a little girl sitting on your lap, and I'm saying, Santa, I want a doll for Christmas. I mean, do you say, okay, little girl, um, I'll bring one to you, or do you say, I mean, do you know what I mean? Like, they think a lot of most children, I, I would imagine, think that when they tell Santa what they want, especially if it's just something simple like a toy, that they're going to get it. And so do you, what do you do or think about that? Like the fact that, that in fact they may not get that either because 
their parents don't know what they told you or because they can't afford it or, you know, for many different reasons. How do you, what, how have you dealt with that? Well, typically what I try and do, if they only come with one request, one toy request, I try and, and get a couple of more ideas from them. And then I'll, I'll finish off the conversation by saying, well, let me see what I can do for you on that. I see. Uh, which kind of leaves it open-ended, what's going to happen. I often also might say something like, I'm sure on, on Christmas morning you will find some surprises under the tree. Hmm. So, I, you know, I'm not in a position where I can promise that you're definitely going to get this Barbie that you just asked for or this Raggedy Ann doll or this toy train or whatever it is. I, I can't promise that because right. obviously I'm not going to be there and I'm not, I don't even know where the child lives or their, right. about their background. So. But the other, uh, the other side of it is, uh, I'll give you a good example of this. A number of kids come in during the course of the year, and I, I can't give you a quantity, but it, there's a lot of kids that come in asking for puppies and kittens. Mm. And the thing that I always say to them is, is you have to go back and you have to talk to your mom about that. You have to make sure that she's okay with mm. that before I can make any kind of promises on that. If she's not okay with that, I can't bring you a kitten or a puppy. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I kind of put it back on the moms, but I, I want the kids to go back to their moms and make sure that it's okay with their moms. In some cases, the kids have actually asked their moms, and their moms have said, no, you can't have a puppy this year. We, just, right. we don't have the ability to take care of it. And so then it kind of becomes a little bit of a heartbreak because all of a sudden the kid thinks, well, mom said I couldn't have it, so I'll ask Santa. Mm. And they're kind of playing both ends against the middle, and that's where I direct it back to the parents. <laughs> Yeah. Well, if Santa brings it, my mother will just have to deal with it. Exactly. <laughs> you know, I think if I were Santa and and little girls asked for, or little boys, if any of the kids asked for Barbie dolls, I would go into this lecture that I about Barbie dolls and how that's the worst child. It, ha, it has destroyed the self-esteem of little girls all over the world uh, more than any other toy or any other any anything else. Um, because when little girls look at Barbies and they then look at themselves in the mirror and they don't look like Barbie, which of course most little girls don't, um, then they think that well, if they don't, their life is over. If, if they're not like Barbie, they're not going to be loved. So, uh, did you get a lot of ki- how? What were some of the differences um, over the time that you've been Santa? What have you seen? And have you this year were there still a lot of requests for Barbies? There still are a lot of requests for Barbies, although uh, that kind of changes depending on age. The older the girl, typically, the more they're they're interested in a Barbie. If it's a little, uh, like a two- or three- or four-year-old girl, she may ask for just a baby doll. Um, A lot of girls are asking for American Girl dolls. Mm. A lot of them are asking for, uh, which I, I think are charming little dolls themselves, but uh, you know, it, it, the, the the thing with the American Girl dolls is, is a lot of times they have tried to um, make dolls that that might resemble a, a girl. So a lot of times girls will come up and they'll say, "Well, I want this particular doll because she looks a lot mm, like." That's interesting. Uh, huh. So that's where the the American Girl dolls have kind of I think hit a real nice niche in that area. Yes. Uh, Boys, I, 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 girls internalize a lot more of that type of thing than, than boys do. I, I think most boys are just 
they either want video games or a basketball or a train or something like that. And so they don't have quite the same uh, connection that a girl might have with a doll. Uh-huh. And you were saying um, during the break that a lot of kids were asking for iPhones. <laughs> yes, I actually had a two-year-old come in and help <laughs> me this year. She wanted an iPhone. Now, yeah. did you ask her where she got that idea? You know, I, I didn't. Uh, I, I, there was another mother standing next to me who was, uh, I think, I, I don't, I'm, I'm sure it wasn't the mother her, of the little girl herself, but uh, she, was, she was incredulous. She just said, you're kidding me. Did she just ask for an iPhone? <laughs> and I said, yes, she did. And, and everybody in the department that heard that was, was really quite incredulous. What I always told kids is that if you can't afford to pay for the charges for a phone, you have no business having one. <laughs> and that, I, I have to tell you, with rare exception, almost all parents were greatly appreciative of my, my doing that. Oh, uh, did they say, like, did any of the kids say, you know, older than two, did any of them say, like, why, or do you ask sometimes when a kid asks for whatever, do you ask them why would they like that? Well, I, it's, I think it's, it's just like anything else. You know, we all like the next gadget. Um, kids are very much like that, too. Um, I mean, like, for I, I will example, say this, if, often if, in a class setting where... One kid would come through and say uh, an, if they wanted an iPhone, there would be like three or four more kids behind him that might say, well, I want an iPhone too. Mm. So it kind of tended to come in waves. And then every so often you'd hear again somebody come through and say, I want an iPhone, and then you'd hear two or three more requests for it. So, you know, I, I think kids tended to listen to what their peers were asking for just before yes. them and, and follow up. It could be the same with a teddy bear or a, a DS or something like that. A teddy bear or a what? A, a, a DS a, a, or a, well, a PlayStation or, uh -huh. or something like that, an Xbox. A child might come in and ask for an Xbox, and then the next one would ask for an Xbox, and the next one would ask for an Xbox. It's like they want to be as cool as their uh, peers. Exactly. Well, we need to take a break. Santa needs to rest a little bit. <laughs> you must be weary flying, <laughs> flying all those miles. <laughs> Um, Kevin Hayslip is the author of Conversations with Santa, and we're hearing about some of these conversations right now, Santa's Secrets. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. If you want to get ahead, you have to stand out from the crowd, the clutter, and the competition. Are you? Tune in each week for Standing Out with Lauren Saunier. Lauren and her guests have the secrets that can help you and your business get noticed, get attention, and achieve your desired results no matter where you're starting from. Standing Out with Lauren Saunier, live every Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Get ready to be a marketing machine. Comes down to ladies is that defining line between been there, done that, and ain't going back, baby. 
Yeah, I've heard them call you yuppies and baby boomers, maybe even dolls, babes, darlings, sugar, and sweetheart. But I say that women are truly amazing. Join Dr. Marlene for Amazing Women, Brains, Beauty, and Style, every Wednesday afternoon at 2 Pacific, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Emotional intelligence has been documented to be the most important skill for a leader to move up in an organization. Leaders Playbook will unpack what emotional intelligence is, why it is important, and how you can raise your emotional intelligence for yourself, your direct reports, and your teams. Join Dr. Relly Nadler every Monday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern, to the Leaders Playbook on the Voice America Business Channel. Your success, your success could depend on it. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, talking with you today about Santa's secrets revealed, what did kids whisper in his ear, with Kevin Hayslip, a.k.a. Santa, his book is Conversations with Santa, and um, Santa's been telling us some interesting stories about what kids, boy, are really getting a peek into the minds of kids. Why don't you tell us some more um, stories? I know there are some, some special ones. Well, there's a couple that, that I just have always found delightful, but I'm going to tell you one that just happened a couple of weeks ago. I had a little boy, seven, seven, year old, seven years old, came in and sat on my lap, and uh, he, he was very quiet. It didn't matter what I asked him. He just kind of just sat there with a big smile on his face, a very uh, settled, a very content kind of a smile on his face. And I, whenever I would ask him a question, he, he never answered it. And finally, I, I, I asked him what, what it was he was thinking. And he turned to me and he says, I, I'm just having the best day of my life. And when I asked him what he meant, he said, I'm, I'm sitting here with Santa. I, I, I just enjoyed that moment. He, he, he just was enjoying the moment, and it didn't matter what else happened. He just enjoyed what was happening at that moment. Yes, he was, that was the best gift of all for him, mm-hmm. which kind of exactly. makes all this uh, beard pulling and being coughed on and sneezed on and kicked and spit up on all worth it when you get <laughs> someone, a child who tells you that. But I think one of the most delightful stories that I have, uh, and it, it truly is, it happened just a couple of days before Christmas last year, which I think is very poignant in, in, the, in what the, the young boy said. He came in and sat down on my lap, and he was a little grubby, 
a little he looked like he had maybe been wrestling with uh, somebody out in the yard before he came in to see me uh, a little unkempt and and uh, sat down in my lap and we talked briefly for a moment or two and then finally I asked him what he wanted for for Christmas and he turned to me and he said Santa I just want to be off the naughty list <laughs> and it just it it just caught me by surprise. It was just an hilarious comment. What did you say? That's all he wanted for Christmas. Well, yes. Yeah, so what did you say? <laughs> I said, well, I asked him what it was that he felt was keeping him on the naughty list. And he says, well, I'm having a hard time obeying my mom. And I said, well, what what kind of things does your mom ask you to do that are hard to obey? And uh, he he just basically, you know, it was the standard fare, keeping my room clean, getting my homework done, those type of things. I said, well, there's a lot of obe- there's a lot of blessing that comes with obedience, uh-huh. and uh, so I just encouraged him that way. Hmm. Um, you know, you know, being Santa really calls upon your ability to uh, to come up with things at the spur of the moment. Yes, it does. It's like being a psychiatrist on speed. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know as I would would say that, but yes, you, you do find yourself having to think fast on, on your feet. Because, you know, you don't want to, you want to make the, you don't want to hurt these children. I mean, you want to make these children, you want to teach them something, you want to make them feel good, you want to mm-hmm. lift their spirits, all these things, and <laughs> and you never know what they're going to say next. That's exactly right. Um. What about, you alluded before to there being Santa conventions, which I never really thought about. What kinds of things do Santas tell each other? What do they what What do they have at these Santa conventions? Well, here in our state, we have a uh, a group of Santas that meet pretty regularly, two or three times a year, and often we'll do it around some sort of a venue. For instance, I think this year, a lot of the Santas are preparing to go on a cruise in the in the Gulf of Mexico. Um, so they'll they'll take I, I guess a week off, and and everybody will. We'll be going to that. I, I won't be able to, able to attend that one this year, but uh, we've we've gotten together just for meet and greet kind of things. We had one of those last year in January in my own hometown, where we had Santas come from all over the state for it, and uh, we would go out to dinner and then gather together and, and share some of the funner stories that we've had in, in our uh, in our in our conversations with kids and. Those are always very, very enjoyable, just to hear what kids are saying to other Santas. Uh, and do you, do, Santas do you share with each other, um, like, helpful hints, you know, what to do when this happens? Uh, there, the one thing that I will say is the Internet, I think, has opened that up for our, our particular group as well as it has for many other uh, professions. When we run into a, a particular problem, a lot of times we'll, uh, we've got a, a, a group that, you know, it's just a, a regular Yahoo group that we have set up, and it's a conversation group where we just throw out things that have happened mm. and what would you do, and mm. so you get three or four Santas responding back to you. Hmm, that's interesting. So what has been the major change that Santas who have been doing this for longer say um, that they notice in the kids? Well... I, the, and I, I've noticed this even in, in the short time I've been doing this. Uh, I think kids are, uh, I don't want to say greedier, but there's there's a tendency for kids to want more. I, I think to a large degree they're, they're 
quite oblivious to a lot of the world events that are happening around us. And there are families who are struggling a lot more this year than they have in years past just to even uh, put food on the table. I had, I think, more kids this year ask for Christmas trees than I have in the past. Wow. Uh, that their, their family just couldn't even afford a Christmas tree. Hmm. I, I asked them, well, is this for your own room or is this for your family? And many of them said it was for their family. They just wanted a Christmas tree at, 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 in their home. Wow. Um, so yeah. obviously, you know, families are struggling in, in many situations just to be able to meet some of the basic needs. And these kids are coming in and asking for... Uh, uh, Expensive games and uh, expensive video devices and iPhones and iPads and all so on and so forth. And I, I really try and encourage them to, as, as much as possible, to, to try and think a little more modestly. One of the things I often do is, is well, you've just asked for um, a DSi. Uh, what about something to get you outside to play? Mm. Uh, you know, do, what about a bike or a ball or something like that that get you outside and yes. breathing fresh air and running around and playing with your friends. So I often have done that, too. Is well, that's good. Yes, that's another thing I would not be able to resist saying. You want video games. Video games are violent. Yes, <laughs> that's, 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 very, you, that's very true. And that's, that's something just going to that make you grow up to be violent. Monsters, exactly. Yes, or not even grow up to be. It's already starting at whatever year, you know, depending upon how much of these violent video games they play, it starts when, when they start. It starts mm-hmm. accumulating. What? I had one little girl come in to me this year, and I can't remember how old she was. I, I couldn't find it in my notes earlier today. I think she was 10 years old, if I remember. And she went. She came in and she said she wanted, let me stop and think about all the things that she wanted. She wanted a $1,000 shopping spree uh-huh. card. She wanted an iPhone. She wanted an iPad. And she wanted a complete room makeover. Oh, my God. And so I, I, I asked her, I said, well, I said, isn't that an awful lot? I, I said, don't you want to save something for some of the other kids? Yeah. And she's, she, this is what she said. She just said, well, if you won't get it for me, my daddy will. <gasps> oh, so my God. That, that, that was probably the extreme that I heard this year. Wow. I had several kids when I would urge them to think about not having an iPhone or not having uh, an electronic game. I had a lot of them that were just very bullheaded about it. No, that's what I want. I don't want anything else. That's what I want. Hmm. You know, it's the power of advertising. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, where where do they even know about these things? I mean, yes, they could be hearing their parents talk and stuff, but but really so much has to do with advertising, creating the demand, you know, what's the coolest thing. You um you you've also had some couples come. Mm-hmm. What kinds of things do they say? Oh, there there were several that that really come to mind. One of the funnest ones that I had was uh, one that happened last year. They were there, there was a, an elder couple. I, I'm guessing in their late fifties. They were walking by the set, and they obviously were enjoying one another. And uh, about halfway across, as they were coming across the aisle of the set or the entrance to the set, they they burst out in laughter. And the husband turns to me and he says, Santa, he says, I, I didn't hear what she what she had said, but the husband turned to me and she, he said, Santa, he says, my wife says, I'm not getting anything this year for Christmas. I've been naughty. <laughs> and so uh, 
the two of them came over and we we bantered back and forth and had a good time talking and and finally I just said, well, Santa is a man of grace. I said, I said if you're willing to change your ways, <laughs> we'll look at, we'll look at helping you get something for Christmas. <laughs> So we we kind of joked around on, on that for a little bit. It was a fun conversation. Oh, that sounds good. Did you ever find out what he had done that was not? No, I, I never asked. <laughs> but I did have one young couple that were home for college. They had apparently grown up together, and uh, had had always loved each other. And they went away to college together. And uh, I guess uh, they had decided to get married while they were away at college in the previous semester. And they were back, and they were with their families there in the mall, and they came through, and they wanted to be photographed with Santa. And as they're preparing to leave the set, the father of, I, I believe it was the, the young man, said, Santa, you know everything. Have these kids been good or bad? <laughs> and I said, well, only God knows that. But I, I said, they know, too. So, Aw, see, this is they, an example of having to come up with something. The ways that they've been good. <laughs> For these moments that you can't prepare for. You just well, can't prepare for them. It sounds wonderful, and we need to take a break. We've been talking today with Santa, a.k.a. Kevin Hayslip. He's the author of Conversations with Santa. We're talking about Santa's secrets revealed. We've been hearing lots of good secrets. And you've been listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, so come right back. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. Yeah! If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com What it comes down to, ladies, is that defining line between been there, done that, and ain't going back, baby. Yeah, I've heard them call you yuppies and baby boomers, maybe even dolls, babes, darling, sugar, and sweetheart. But I say that women are truly amazing. Join Dr. Marlene for Amazing Women, Brains, Beauty, and Style every Wednesday afternoon at 2 Pacific, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Go behind the scenes of what you see, hear, and read on the news. Learn the ins and outs of public relations on Stars of PR with Cindy R. Every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time. Cindy Rakowitz is a Clio Award winner and founder of Rock and Roll Public Relations who wants to share her PR experiences and knowledge with you. Learn how to handle a crisis, deal with celebrities, and become a terrific PR executive. Listen to the Stars of PR with Cindy R. 
every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time here on News Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, talking with Santa Kevin Hayslip. He is the author of Conversations with Santa. He's been revealing secrets, what kids have been asking him uh, for Christmas. And um, I don't suppose, Santa, that anybody got on your lap and asked for my new book, Bad Girls, <laughs> Why Men Love Them and How Good Girls Can Learn Their Secrets, did they? <laughs> no, but I'll tell you, that's a book that sounds like it would be good to give to uh, uh, some women that I know. <laughs> yes, a lot of women. And... Uh, it's a book that I wrote to help people find love because, you know, probably you didn't have the kids asking you, well, in a sense, that is what they were asking for because these presents, um, you know, were also signs of love that they wanted, really. That's what they wanted most. And, of course, when they get a little older, they want love of the romantic variety. And so I have been um, helping people to find love by helping men avoid the uh, pitfalls of the dozen dangerous damsels that I talk about in my book and helping women, good girls, um, find out how to, the secrets to a man's heart, the bad girl secrets to a man's heart, because most of the time, good girls are left on the shelf while the bad girls get their man. And um, so I'm not trying to turn good girls into bad girls, but... Um, but I'm trying to help them through all the hundreds of men that I interviewed, over a hundred, um, and wrote about their stories, uh, to distill what it is that makes these men fall for and and give up their savings and their sanity for these these bad girls. So I thought I would mention um, some bad girls who are in the news who are on the naughty list. I hope you didn't deliver any presents to them. These girls, there are three of them in the news today, who um, uh, should have been or were on or are on the naughty list and don't deserve more than a lump of coal. Um, The first one that really bothers me (laughs) is uh, Leanne Rimes. She's in the news because she just got engaged. She's showing off her five-carat ring. She met uh, Eddie Cibrian. They were both acting in a movie, and they met a while ago. And they were each married, and they each dumped their spouses. So, you know, obviously Eddie wasn't um, totally innocent in this either. In fact, in my Bad Boys book, he would fit under the misunderstood and married category. And Leanne Rhymes would fit under my uh, husband-stealer category in Bad Girls. And um, she stole him away from his wife. She's flaunting this five-carat ring. They went on a holiday to Mexico, leaving his two boys with their mom. I mean, of course, the mom, I'm sure the mom was glad, but I'm sure these two boys, now they don't have a daddy. You know, that's what they would have asked Santa for, bring my daddy home for Christmas. Very much, probably. And then we have um, we have teen mom, uh, Amber Portwood. She, they have been in this television show, reality show. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but mm-hmm. the reality show, um, which I think is an awful, whoever came up with this idea, 
should be banished from Hollywood, um, except that it's probably making a lot of money, so he won't be. Um, but Teen Mom, it's a show that shows what happens to teen moms, you know, follows teen moms around. And yes, the the uh, theoretically that what they purport to be the moral of this is how difficult it is um, for teens to be moms and, you know, to try to show the real-life difficulties. However, that message does not completely get across, and instead what comes across is how glamorous it is because these teen moms are on a television show and then get on the front of, of magazines, mm-hmm. um, get written up in newspapers, get interviewed on other shows, and so on. So the message of how tough it is uh, really kind of gets lost underneath, wow, if I'm a teen mom, maybe I can get on this show. And Amber Portwood, um, probably under the pressure of, of being on the show, not to excuse her by any means, and the pressure of being a teen mom, um, she has had th- at least three incidents where she's attacked the father of her baby, Gary Shirley, um, between August 2009 and July 2010. And for whatever reason, mistake, um, the show aired at least some of this, some of these attacks. And lo and behold, she has just been arrested for... Um, uh, for domestic battery and child neglect because she wound up attacking her husband. Well, he's, well, he's not her husband. He's the father of the baby. But she wound up attacking him in front of her baby, in front of their baby. And now she's in a heap of trouble. She was in jail awaiting uh, uh, bail. And, uh, she's, and the judge has said that she could not have contact with either the baby's father or the baby. And really all of this has to do with being on the show and... and uh, and having it be telecast that she was um, attacking the, her the father of the baby. Not to, I mean, you know, I could just hear the arguments. Well, she would have probably done that off the television show, and isn't it good that we got it on television and now she's being arrested? Well, I don't know. Um, people do things on reality shows that they wouldn't really do in real life. And last but and so she's either a bad, she's either a um, a ball buster. She fits in under either my ball buster category or the bad girl scorned category because um, it, there's some reports, you know, he has this other girlfriend. So depending upon what the exact details of why she was uh, attacking him, if it was just because he essentially was leaving her for this other girl, then it would be a bad girl scorned. Um, next ba- next uh, bad girl on the naughty list, Santa's naughty list, should be Crystal Harris. Who is uh, who has just become fianced <laughs> with Hugh Hefner, and if she isn't a gold digger, I don't know who is because that isn't to say that that Hugh Hefner doesn't have his charms because I think he does. But what a coincidence! This woman is um, trying to bring. At, she has all these projects in the works, um, a cosmetic line and something with music. She's writing music or singing. Um, you know, what a coincidence that right at the time when she wants to promote her other works, you know, her other, ta- her other talents, um, she gets engaged to Hugh Hefner. And you would think, one would think, that Hugh Hefner would know better. I mean, that, that, oh my, I hear the music. One would think I would have known better than to go on and on. But obviously, <laughs> I want people to be aware of these bad girls. If Hugh Hefner can't figure it out, you know, men need to uh, figure it out for themselves which they can do by getting my book, Bad Girls, 
why men love them and how good girls can learn their secrets, go to my website, badgirlsbook.com. And talking about websites, you need to go to Santa's website. You'll find all kinds of interesting things. Santa's website is santashope.com, S-A-N-T-A-S, hope, H-O-P-E dot com, santashope.com. And thank you all for listening. Thank you, Kevin. You're, you're a wonderful Santa. I, I never thank really, you very much. I was never so impressed with what Santa must do until hearing your stories. <laughs> and I'll, I'll look at Santa's with a lot more respect from now on. It's not just about putting on a costume and pillows. No, it's not. <laughs> so thank you for being on the show. Thank you all for listening. You've been listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a seat.